Art Beat Conversation. Art Beat. Art Beat. Art Beat. Art Beat Conversation. Thomas Breeze Marcus, originally from Phoenix, Arizona, born and raised uh, by way of the Salt River community, which is uh, Akimilatham, Pima tribe, um, but enrolled in the Thonotham Nation uh, relatives in Gila River. So those are basically all three Otham Nations in Arizona, but also uh, Ponca and Oto Nations, Oklahoma. So a lot of family all over in Arizona and Oklahoma as well. Uh, artists, uh, muralists, former graffiti uh, artist, writer. I don't really know how to word that anymore. When you say former, does that what does that mean exactly? Well, the whole graffiti and street art thing nowadays seems to have like a lot of blurry lines to it. it, it I think people don't really know how to label it. Because street art is a new term, people will say, oh, everything is street art. But then to the purists, there's street art, there's, there's you know, graffiti writing, there's graffiti art, which is even different from writing, uh, so many things. Uh, and because I like to think of myself as, well, not even think of, but I, I'm before the term street art came out, because when I was growing up, in Phoenix 20 years ago, there was no such thing as the word street art, quote-unquote. It was only graffiti, graffiti writing, graffiti art. Uh, I don't tend to, you know, go towards that term at all. So, but with the graffiti itself, the, graf the term graffiti, writer, artist, um, I feel like the essence of graffiti writing is are, are the hardcore, like a hardcore graffiti writer are the ones that uh, have this very distinct subculture where it's based on writing and a certain set of rules and just the way it functions is completely different than if you're a graffiti artist you could be a graffiti artist and practice lettering and practice characters and murals and really focus on your technique but from a writer's standpoint you might not necessarily be a writer you're just a, you're just an artist so it, it gets you know it gets kind of cloudy and it's like how do I've definitely, I think I've been through all of those, like being a writer and then getting to a point where I didn't necessarily write anymore and evolving the work that I do now, getting away from all that and like, okay, so it's not necessarily writing, but it's, I don't know if I want to be labeled a graffiti artist. So then I have to decide, okay, well, now I'm just a former graffiti artist or writer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like I, I just, tricky, I'd yeah. rather, rather just kind of cut the the ties of those labels and just be like, oh, I dabbled in this, I dabbled in that. Now I sort of just make the work that I make. Contin continuously evolving, trying to do that. And, you know, whatever little magnet, label magnets come along the ways, I guess, whatever. But in the end, there's a bigger, uh, bigger, uh, uh, not not presence, but a bigger focus, I guess, than just the the what's being put out there so i don't know i mean i love that topic though of what graffiti writing graffiti art street art is because there's just i know so many good uh people that are muralists and street artists but i also know many awesome amazing just insane graffiti writers that just don't don't give a shit you know they're just 
pure to the heart, good intentions. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, do you think that um, do you think that your your days are done with like kind of the more um, graffiti writer stuff, or it just seems like it's blown up so much that it's almost um, it's almost become like fashionable or something. Right. Um... Is that I mean is that a turnoff? Other other friends that I have who are um, graffiti writers, not necessarily artists, have been really turned off by the the shift in the dynamic. Yeah, definitely, and and I feel that too. Uh, and again, I know a, a lot of. Uh, I hate to use that word purist, but I know a lot of very dedicated writers that are that feel that way too, and I I totally understand that. Um, I think. I feel like I, at the point that I'm at now and the experiences that I've had and the way that I've, I've grown and evolved, I feel as if um, I want to be neutral and all that, but at the same time, I do understand why the writers feel the way they feel. And yes, there is a definite uh, disconnection for them from the whole way it's become marketed and become very popular and how there's such a new... Um, trend for it uh not necessarily writing but because writing gets mixed in with with mural art and street art and everything every other label you know from the simple stencil and wheat paste to the to the kid that is a straight up hardcore rooftop bomber and freeway bomber that does nothing but lettering and um you know handwriting to the ones that are doing murals um I don't know. I I feel that there's a place for each and every one of those. And I think one of the biggest challenges for myself in, now is trying to figure out how to relate to each one of those people and to sort of let them know I, I understand what they're where they're coming from and how they feel, but to sort of maybe th give them a different perspective. Like, well, you know, this person maybe not be a come from a graffiti background. He might be doing murals. But in a, in a lot of ways, there's similar intentions uh, in what he's doing and why he's doing it. Maybe he's not doing it illegal necessarily, but he's projecting something from within from within himself and doing it on such a large scale. And I think people that paint large-scale murals um, tend to tap into something that others who don't necessarily... And not that it's a bad thing, but... Don't those that don't create large scale works? Um, there's a different sacrifice when you're creating large because you're giving so much. I don't know what it, it's. It's a lot of different things. It's, it's mental. It's spiritual. It's physical. It's like all these things. Just putting time and and sacrificing and to create this beautiful work. Mm -hmm. And with the murals, um, it even today it's like uh, the the people in Phoenix that are creating murals are are starting to realize that those are not permanent they could be erased tomorrow so there's that there's that connection to sort of graffiti writing mm. and um i think what i'm trying to to figure out with phoenix specifically is so we did an event this past spring uh called paint phoenix and it was uh inspired by going to miami and seeing the madness that happens in winwood mm -hmm. um and I've been to many graffiti graffiti events, quote unquote, 
in like you know maybe 10 15 years before where it was specifically the lettering and the writing forms of it um, but Miami was just all these different things put together and it was like well that's an awesome bridge and I don't necessarily know the politics that goes on I can kind of get what goes on in Miami but what I would like to see in Phoenix is to see sort of people find those connections and cross bridges and and understand that we're all even though there's a lot of differences in the styles that we do the intentions that we have we're very very similar in a lot of ways and it just it can go from there i mean from the people that are very you know uh grassroots very political about it uh very selective of the the imagery and the issues that they choose to talk about in their artwork versus somebody that's just straight up like like f the system i'm gonna go out and write it's saying the same thing in a different language though so it's about like trying to make those connections and have people find that realization and i think i'd like to think that i found that realization but maybe i'm not maybe i'm still i'm i'm no i'm still growing but i'd like to think that's where i'm at now and i'm sure I'll, i'm we'll probably have a different opinion in five years i don't know <laughs> so just the way that you do your mm -hmm. daily, you know, um, where, where does that come from? What's your background like as far as like family and like mentors and how, how did you get inspired as an artist, um, as a younger person? Well, well, I definitely grew up in a household of, of artists and not realizing that I grew up at the time in a household full of artists. Um, uh, my grandmother, my, uh, mother, my uncles, all, uh, doing um, beadwork basically, but at the same time having just the creative passion regardless. And not necessarily realizing it and seeing it, you know, as art when you're eight years old, you know, you think drawing yeah. and crown, that's art when you're eight, you know, eight years old, seven, six, five years old. Um, but I remember having a lot of, um, I, I remember having a lot of, uh, paintings and pottery in my grandmother's house who I spent a lot of time with and was part partly raised by and I remember when I uh, was old enough to want to do art I remember seeing those images like whether a piece of pottery from whatever tribe in the house or a painting from that was from whoever artist at the time and trying to mimic it you know trying to replicate it and, and like oh okay you know um, so that was a definite influence and then again having Growing up in that household, being raised by uh, my grandmother and my step-grandfather, my mother, um, and then also just, I think, having um, a lot of family support regardless. Like, I didn't know my real father until later years, so at the at that, when you're young, you don't understand what it's, you know, what a, I didn't understand what a father really was until my stepdad came into the picture mm -hmm. when I was five, and then... Even then, I didn't quite get it until a few years later. And, um, you know, then when you get older, you start, to, you start to ask questions and you start to realize, like, well, what does all that mean? How does that family structure work? And, 
And luckily for me, like I said, I had good family support. Like I had plenty of, you know, like uh, awesome grandparents and mother and stepdad and an, a great uncle uh, and other family members, uncles, I should say, and aunts that were just there for me and, and there to sort of like push me in the right direction. Even if I, even when I did sort of stray away and, did you get into a lot of trouble? Absolutely. <laughs> I got into a lot of trouble. So, um, but anyhow, I uh, yeah, that was <laughs> another story. I, that, well, I mean, that kind of so, that sort of leads into the the the, uh, the how I fa- came to the realization that okay, well, maybe uh, this is a, a lesson, you know. But uh, definitely, like getting involved in it with graffiti, like early teens. And getting into a lot, a lot of trouble up until like after high school, and then finally understanding like, okay, I can't do this forever, and I need to sort of figure out what I'm gonna do, um, and realizing that I can't keep following that same pattern, that same sort of broken, uh, that broken record of uh, just <laughs> continuous, you know, self internal oppression, whatever it is, you know, just had to get out of that that mental illness, that mental. That mindset of like it's hopeless and I just can go to whatever it is, whatever negative outlet it is and find a positive outlet. What was there a specific moment that was a wake up call or a, some something that inspired you to kind of um step step to the next level in your life? I think it was probably around the end of the nineties, which was the end of high school for me, that I was heavily involved at the time with graffiti writing. Um, I would say my graffiti writing career was definitely mid-90s to like very early 2000s. As far as myself, extremely dedicated to that, specifically that, not caring about any sort of work on canvas or drawings or paper or not even considering an art career, just wanting to Go out five six nights a week, uh, in the you know, and on the way steal some materials and and just create and and, and let go of all this built up tension when you're that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the major things was uh, um, seeing how the graffiti subculture, the graffiti writing subculture in the valley at that time was. A, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of. Uh, I mean, I got into a lot of really uh bad situations um not with just other writers but you know authorities and everything else and so once i got past that of 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 realizing i don't want to deal with that uh maybe it helped me to become more stealthy and ninja like okay i need to figure out how to just do this and (laughs) sort of avoid all that other drama uh then i sort of realized okay well i need to evolve out of that and i can't continue to allow myself to get keep getting pulled back into that that pot of drama. Uh, otherwise, I'll just end up dead or in jail. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I realized that I was really feeding my creative side and, and passion for just letting go of things, um, like five, six nights a week, you know, by myself or somebody else, just one other good painting partner, that's that was sort of an awakening. Like, wow, there's got to be something else beyond this. And I feel that. And that was the most intense moment of passion and creativity. Like, okay, there's something beyond this. And then I think shortly after that, I, I found a, a mentor. The only real mentor I've ever had as far as art goes, fine art goes, 
is this older uh, this older cat uh, Chinese guy I always give him credit his name is Robert he's from Shanghai very uh, Eastern philosophy type of cat is very very awesome uh, with the way with the way he taught things that I could relate to within not only graffiti but but like my my at the time you know uh, trying to figure out my own self spiritual self me uh, mentally uh, how do I um, how do I bridge the gap of, of my identity and where I come from, from a traditional standpoint to like uh, where we're at now in this society? It was just so many things that clicked. I was like, wow. And he was the first guy that ever really pissed me off when, you know, like a, like a real professor, like critique, like a real mentor, like, oh, this doesn't look right. You might as well just toss that out or just keep redoing it. And I was like, what is he talking about? So, but uh, totally made total sense after about six months or a year or two, and I was like, "Wow, that was." So I would say, yeah, late '90s, early 2000s. Actually, all of that. I don't know. I can't say it's a continuous evolution. There's <laughs> yeah. just so much in today. Like I probably learned something today that I'll figure out next <laughs> next year. <laughs> no, totally. That's yeah. that's how it should be. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where's your so where's your work at right now? What are you enjoying doing? Um, what's your What's your kind of process with art right now? Um, right now, I'm I'm figuring out a, a, a good balance of, um, and again, I've I'm keeping uh, trying to keep myself involved with large scale work as far as mural work. And, and again, so coming back to the labels, I don't know necessarily how to put that out there, but I just <laughs> tell people I paint big. I like to paint murals, quote unquote, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's just comes from that passion of painting large and large scale back in the day and keeping it going and let it letting it evolve on its own. Um, then as far as uh, art on my own, fine art, I, I, um, I've been really uh, trying to mold that and figure that out as well, putting the style of work that I do, that I've developed, I should say, into a smaller, uh, into a smaller uh, canvas and uh, really working with that because it, it's so different, like working very intricate, um, working with the intricate line work on a very small scale, yeah. that's what I'm really trying to figure out and trying to mold. And, and, and it's a good challenge because it's like I feel like I've got it down to a certain extent, but there's so many things that I, I've yet to really realize. And like, even the, a good example, like maybe uh, this summer, I, I realized, oh, wait a minute. Huh, I haven't thought about that yet. Well, damn, how come I didn't think about that? You know, five years ago, ten years ago. So I think that's that beauty of continuous evolution and growing. So, yeah, fine art-wise, I, I, it's a great challenge. Murals, I'll take a 30-story building if you give me one. <laughs> give me the enough paint, I'll do it. But uh, I do like the, the fine art challenge of small work, and I'm really, really uh, accepting of it and humbled by it at the same time because it, it, it totally reminds me of... Uh, uh, mentors back in the day, not even just the man I was just talking about, but former friends who are even a couple that are still friends to this day that helped me with with graffiti and well, with painting back then, lettering and how to use a spray can. And, and it's I can feel that when I'm creating these works now and trying to trying to push myself to the limits of how do I get this work, how do we how do I get this work. Uh, to, to be the best that I think it can be at the moment. How do I keep refining it? How, just keep questioning it, you know, keep critiquing my own, my, myself and pushing myself really. 
and um, I feel like it's paying off somewhat. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm thankful that uh, I'm I've been able to show work here uh, in uh, Santa Fe. Uh, I'm thankful that I'm I've been able to show work with uh, Blue Rain Gallery as of a year ago, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting balance. It's because it's two completely different worlds. because it is so breeze you know like anybody who sees it mm -hmm. knows mm -hmm. knows that that's your work because mm -hmm. it it has um, a very distinct characteristic to it and what how did you how did you find that place like the 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 line work that you do is so unique the line work is a is a combination of things it's I always the quick version it's it's a bridge of of past present and future it's it's um inspired by the concept of very intricate uh and tedious work uh, of of you could say basket making i always say basket making because that's what i relate to mm -hmm. but um you know whether it's weaving a basket or i i even though i don't know anything about it as much I know, there are many tribes that do other sorts of weaving, such as you know, just we'll just say you know the the awesome Dene Navajo textile weavings, um, and then of course in the Northwest and, and you know other uh, other uh, communities, there's a there's an people have a background for send. Well, okay, how about let's say this: human beings have understood how to create something out of nothing forever and taking natural materials and weaving and creating these very beautiful patterns and for for um whether it's artwork or just everyday you know things to use around the house like a, a basket or something to hold water so so that's one of the biggest inspirations is is seeing these baskets again in my grandmother's house seeing these intricate Dona Autumn baskets and uh the other influence is, is definitely graffiti writing and the term wild style, which I don't necessarily hear. I don't necessarily hear a whole lot anymore, but wild style in the graffiti world, you know, was um, brought about back in, I think, the 70s. And it uh, depends on who you talk to, but I think for the most part, wild style was the uh, development of lettering and keeping it intricate and keeping it funky and keeping it you know just flavorful and having it you know when you go do a wild saw piece on on the four train going up to the bronx it's gonna look, it's gotta look funky it's gotta have flavor so um that's that school of graffiti i grew up with with uh you know tr trying to make your letters more intricate trying to make them as funky and wild as possible so it just came from there you know that wild style graffiti and that basketry and um, again, like I said, it's that bridge, and I, I love doing it because it. Beyond that, it's it's that uh, those are the influences, 
but what it really is is that continuous uh, th those connections that we all have that we don't realize how we're all connected in some way how those those ancient teachings again amongst human beings we're all connected some way to each other to earth to what to water to everything around us so it's like that tight intricate weaving that line work that I'm doing now I just feel like I have to push myself how much how much more injury can I get wow. how deep does the world really go how how vast are we really and I mean it just keeps going from there it's like my head just I don't know there's a lot of locked up chambers back there and they're going to explode in the, in the next few years it seems like it's a form the, your process is a form of meditation almost absolutely absolutely I mean um the, the 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 meditation part it's it's uh i mean really it nowadays it's like uh, it's so without even thinking yeah it's in, very intuitive not even no set pattern no set line not even knowing what the next the next swirl or connection is going to be and it's really just sort of letting go and just disconnecting from everything i mean there could be you know, I could be in my studio in Central Phoenix. It could be a, you know, a, a police raid next door. There could be a fire, you know, a fire next door. There could be a band playing. But I'll shut all that out, and it's just zone out time and kind of, wow. kind of tap into the other dimension for a second and plug out of this reality. So <laughs> sweet. Yeah. And how does that uh, like mind state differ from when you're doing like large scale murals? Do you do you use a different part of your brain or? With the murals, um, I don't know. You know, there's something about the line work for sure. When it's on a smaller scale, um, it's sort of this. It's the same and it's not the same. And how do I explain that? So creating a large scale works. There's a definite calming feeling. There's a, and again, it's second nature. Like uh, I'll use the example of of painting this mural of couple months ago during the herd market back in Phoenix mm. um, I'm able to do it at the drop of a hat and just do it in distractions no matter what and I had to do it in front of the actual market so there was people constantly coming up Whoa. and just talking all the time and unfortunately there was a little bit of weather so I had to stop one day so, and I was under a deadline so I was like well damn how do I how do I how do I how do I work with the, with uh, all this distraction and uh, <laughs> Which really, for me, was like, I can't. And I'm talking about the rain. I'm not even talking about the people. <laughs> like, man, I guess I can't. I guess I got to stop. So the next day, when I had to get it done, it was like, just push, push, push. And all these people are coming up. And they want to, you know, they want to under, they, they want to know what, what, what's going on. You know, what are you using? Oh, what kind of paint is that? Oh, have you done freight cars? I oh, see graffiti. I spray paint on freight cars. I, I don't know how many times I've heard that. Are you and it's all from an old generation. That's awesome. You're using spray paint. Have you ever sprayed spray painted freight cars? I'm like, hmm. yeah, I have. You know, jokingly, and they laugh. But I'm in my mind. I'm like, yes, I have, and you probably have seen them. Yeah. So, so with you know, painting large scale in that environment, I don't even think about it. It's like I can have a distraction. But uh, painting the line work, it's like I don't even hear those distractions. I don't know what it is. It's like it's just complete, just blinders like. I can just work, just work, work, work. And um, it's, I don't know. I, I really don't see, um, I don't really see the, uh, 
the line work having an end to it really so and that's what i i think that's what makes me comfortable about it as far as the smaller scale i see no end to it because i see it as an organism Mm -hmm. it's going to keep growing no matter what it's going to keep keep evolving on its own um and that's one of the things that i remember learning from my mentor was it was like when you think it's done it's not done don't cover this part of the canvas think of it think of it as it's just going to keep covering and spilling over that's wow. your that's you your that's your life your life doesn't end in this one moment you keep growing and evolving and it was like oh makes total sense so with the line work on a smaller scale i guess even on a larger scale but that trying to figure it out where it's gonna go and not knowing where it's gonna go but like a puzzle almost. yeah almost like a puzzle like an endless puzzle um i don't know i i love it because i feel like it's just exciting it's like all right what am i gonna what am I going to cover next? What is it going to grow on next? <laughs> Whose day is it going to ruin next, you know? <laughs> yeah, because you've, like, you've collaborated with other artists. Like, you've done your work on their work. Like, um, mm-hmm. you've done your work on, like, on humans. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures of that. Like, yeah. it just seems like there's, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, Absolutely. the things in right now in this moment is uh is uh i was explaining to somebody the other day they were like oh i saw this this drawing that you did recently it was uh it wasn't your usual just complete abstract piece with no recognizable imagery you had like a picture of a a scorpion or something and i was like oh yeah right on yeah i you know something i'm trying to figure out in my head and they were they were totally tripped out by it they were like wow like uh what was that about and i loved it it was crazy but it was like this scorpion was almost in camouflage type of thing and i was like i was like did you ever see the movie the matrix and they're like yeah i was like remember the part when when neo can finally see and in, in, in all in code i'm like that's what i'm trying to get to i want to make you know fucking world like that i'm trying to get this to <laughs> breeze matrix world <laughs> so that's what i'm trying to figure out really i think with that uh, I'm really having fun with that, actually, uh, um, and, and having having those images and, and and being able to play with them, manipulate them, but also have some sort of meaning behind them, like uh, uh, the scorpion or the tarantula or the you know the hummingbird is a big one. What um, What are some of those meanings to you? Well, growing up with uh, growing up with the uh, multiple cultures. I'll just say, but multiple tribes, really, <laughs> everybody's got, you know, every tribe has different meanings, but I think one of the, one of the ones I love doing the most because I live in the desert is, uh, is uh, the hummingbird. Um, in our stories, in the autumn story anyway, um, the hummingbird is the one that uh, goes out and finds the rain and brings the rain back to the desert. The hummingbird is the brave one to bring, to, to bring life back to the desert, which I'm sure it's about, uh, when the season finally changes, that's when the hummingbirds come back, and that's when the rains come back and everything else. But uh, so using that, I I always love using the hummingbird. Somehow it always pops up <laughs> somewhere in there, and I I love it because it's that to me it's sort of that uh, the way I interpret it anyway. I'm not saying this is a traditional way uh, 
standpoint but the hummingbird is like this life giver really he's the one that went out and says hey water come back rain let's go you know the people need it the animals need it you know the cactus need it but uh but uh i think <laughs> what i also love about it is i somehow jinx myself with that that bird when i had to go to new orleans a couple years ago i decided to paint this hummingbird live for this for the jazz festival okay. so i did this hummingbird live and then like the next day, it just poured. Uh oh. <laughs> and and somebody and I told somebody the story because they were like, "What's the hummingbird about?" And I told them, and the next day, like two days later, they're like, "It was your fault. <laughs> you shouldn't have painted your hummingbird. You brought the rain." I was like, "Oh, I haven't thought about that. I'm gonna paint them more often yeah. because you know what? Phoenix does not have enough rain." Right. <laughs> so anyhow, so that's one example, but and there's a lot of other, oh, a lot man. of other stories behind all of them. So. <sighs> <laughs> well, talking about talking about like these traditional stories and how you weave them into your work, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about how it feels for you um, to be um, an indigenous person living in urban culture. You know, so how do how do you dance between those two worlds? Well, I yeah, that's a great question because I feel like I've always grown up in two two worlds, uh, and. And to this day, it's not even two worlds anymore. It's like layers of worlds. It's right. it's like a dozen worlds, two dozen worlds, and not realizing it, but even as a kid, that's sort of, that's just how it is. I mean, but specifically talking about two worlds, indigenous culture and the society that's not indigenous, indigenous culture and where we come from. That's not our traditional identity. Um, I have to say, my upbringing, I am very thankful for having been raised simultaneously uh, on a native community, which is the Salt River community, and having family that purposely made me know that I, uh, where I came from, as far as not just my not just one side, but all sides. Mm. But at the same time, being raised in inner city Phoenix and just soaking up all that other culture, it's like, it's it starts on one end and the other, and as you grow, I think they just start melting together in the middle, and it's like, you don't even understand it, but they're just all melting together, and they're weaving together, and it's just like, wow, this, this is madness, like, life is <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> so... Seriously. But, you know, I... Even if you take, say, somebody that's completely raised in the city that knows nothing about their indigenous roots, um, no matter what, they're still going to be playing multiple worlds. Um, even if they know they're like a hint of... Uh, and I know people... Uh, uh, I'll say a lot of uh, uh, indigenous people are used to hearing somebody say, oh, well... Uh, somebody else saying, oh, well, uh, I'm part... Indian, I'm part Native, this and that. My grandmother was a uh, whatever, <laughs> blank. And, uh, and uh, you know, automatically, when I hear that, I'm, I've heard it so much, too, and I know a lot of people have heard it. We're just like, oh, okay, yeah. But uh, you know what? I, I feel deep down like, hey, you know what? I, I feel that compassion for that person no matter what mm-hmm. because maybe they are or maybe they have maybe they're not that specific community or tribe maybe there's something completely different maybe all they know is that they they do have some sort of small blood drop of whatever inside them and they want to feel that connection mm. they don't know how to be connected to it uh 
So they're always going to be that person that's trying to find it or trying to compensate for it or, and, and that's a whole nother, man, that could be a whole nother radio show, I'm sure, <laughs> and, as well as the other one. But I, I really just feel for, for, for them because I've known a lot, I'm not saying that they're all good or bad people, but I just understand that people are all searching for something as well as people that are deep in those communities way out in the middle of nowhere that are, that have some sort of internalized issues that they just can't get over some sort of something that's carried on. I mean, anybody that knows, you know, reservation life, like wherever it's at, Pine Ridge, Standing Rock, San Carlos Apache, Salt River, Cells, Donatham, there's a lot of the same issues going on. And it's just unfortunate. It's like, that's a whole nother set of worlds to balance and it's really really rough for people and sometimes they don't even realize how many how much they're juggling but i think it's unfortunate that those ones that are very caught up in that that they it's very easy to let go and just be stuck in one and i think there's that's a lot of the reason why there's so much just oppression and negative negative things floating around in, in those communities in our communities but somewhere somehow there's there's balance to be restored and people that are there striving to do that trying to help people do that you know it's, uh, young young people looking to elevate beyond that and understanding where they're at and who they are and 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 reclaiming themselves and their identity and who they are and not becoming a part of that broken cycle so do you feel like you're one of those people yeah, absolutely. I think I think all people no matter where you come from we we are so, some way we're that um as far as uh as far as uh it's really it comes down to balance, I feel. Like it's far it's the it could be a simple decision you know, a, it could be just a regular normal day but based on on decisions of right or wrong. Um, consequences or 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 um, whatever uh, it's I think that uh, the people really um, man I just I don't know I think I just always have this 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 worldly view of we're all the same no matter what because that's always been taught to me mm -hmm. and um, and coming up in that those multiple worlds like I, I get it I understand what it is to, I understand res life. I know what res life is like, but I understand inner city life too. I know what that's like too. I know what it's like for somebody to be on one end of the, on one end of the spectrum and the other. And at the end of the day, it's like from exp all these experiences and, and seeing people and studying people, studying myself and family, we're all just people at the end of the day. And it's like, man, we, we at some point trying to elevate above those choices we made yesterday that were right or wrong and it's that's just it's human beings it's what we are and i can't i can't really say any more than that that's just kind of how i feel with the upbringing that i i've had because of being multiple tribes and just having always you know that's not right this is right that's not wrong this is right but but really isn't it just about the the best you can do every day and these decisions etc so i mean i again there's a whole other whole nother show I could probably sit and formulate and think about and just man but really what I, one of the greatest examples I like to use for f coming from 
you could say media culture is uh, the man himself, Bruce Lee. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's one, you know, his one famous interview. The guy asks him, you know, are you, uh, do you consider yourself Chinese and American? He's just like, I consider myself human being, you know, we're all one. And it's like, that's what's up. Right on, Bruce. Bam. Exactly. <laughs> so. I know. There's only so much you can pick yourself apart till there's nothing left. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it's the world. It's the world we live in. At the end of the day, and this is my grandmother talking, we can only do the best that we can. Mm-hmm. So, or do the best that you can every day. At least try. How do you deal with failure as an artist? Failure today is not the same failure as, we'll say, five years ago, ten. You know, it's, I think what failure is now is, uh, it just means for me personally, um, it's like fuel to the fire. Like, okay, um, I didn't quite do that right i didn't calculate this correctly so maybe uh you know i didn't act accordingly in this whatever it is um all right motivation bam let's fix that let's not that not let that happen again i think because uh about 10 years well about 10 years ago i made the hard decision of okay i'm not going to work for anybody else i'm going to try and this art thing and that was a a choice that i knew I was gonna know absolutely nothing about as far as the way the art world works, and I'm still I'm still figuring it out now. But I knew I was gonna struggle at that time. But part of me at that time was like, "There's there's there is no room for failure. Mm. There is there can there can be no such thing as failure because I can't do anything else. I can't work for anybody else. I can't do this or can't do all. All I know is making work. All I know is being creative. So there is no failing." If I fail to create, that I might as well not be alive. I guess. Like, I mean, <laughs> as long as I'm breathing, I should just create. Mm. So there is no failure. But as far as moments, sure, when I feel like, oh, I didn't do, I didn't reach my full potential. Sure, there's a deep pocket where it's like, man, did I just fail? No, no, I didn't fail. It just means go and back in the lab, <laughs> think about it, <laughs> you know, put all the notes on the wall. <laughs> and then get your ass to work and figure that shit out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so nowadays it's different. It's like uh, something comes along. All right, let's just bam, throw that in the pot. Boom, let's stir that shit up. Let's make some gumbo out of it. Let's just make the best that we can. <laughs> so Seriously, yeah. that's a good answer. Right on. <laughs> cool. Um, and then what does success mean to you? Success, I think, I don't know if I really look at it so much. I think that, uh, again, success and failure feel as if they're, it's as if that's an end. Mm. So failure, that's an end. Success, that's an end. 
So I sort of in the same way, I feel like success is the same as failure. There is no such thing. So there's no such thing as having success as there is no such such thing as having failure. So you know, having a moment of 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 triumph and feeling that can't you cannot I cannot and I cannot feel that that's the end because otherwise I'm letting myself just sort of stop the same way as if I felt like I just failed then I should just stop. So it's if I treat it the same way as uh, like I said, like it's it's breathing. You can't just stop breathing. Mm. So it's it's continuous growth again. It's that 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 crazy um, interconnectedness. You, if it stops growing, then what's gonna happen? You know. Mm. So the weaving. <laughs> the weaving, absolutely. So, so I think that uh, um, artists, depending on your intentions, of course. You know those that are working hard and looking to achieve maybe some sort of status or gain or maybe they're just looking to maybe it's a complete just it's an outlet just to release maybe they're not looking for anything else um i th i think the best thing to realize is that uh um that you're not alone in your own world and there's many others that have come before that will come after you that uh, you can learn from as far as uh, um, just asking questions, you know, just going and uh, talking to an old, you know, willing that those artists are <laughs> cool about it, you know. I'm not going to say that all artists are cool about it. There's some that are definitely in their own world, I'll just say that. But, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions, really. Don't be afraid to 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 just study uh people in action and and see see what's going on you know i, I really think that uh for myself at, uh, we'll say 10 years ago i had no idea and i think when you're that at that point you know that young you think those achievements that aren't even really i mean they're significant but at the same time don't think of it as an end you know mm. an end those uh, achievements that you think you're going to get that's not the the end all be all that that doesn't mean you you know you're not going to make it overnight basically <laughs> it's a lot of continuous work you got to put in a lot of hard work um and, and i see that too i have uh young people that i work with and i know they they love it so much and they see where where myself and a lot of friends of mine and other mentors are at um, and they think oh that's the greatest that's where I want to be and they think oh it'll happen on, overnight it won't happen overnight I mean to this day like I said like there's a lot of us that 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 are my age our age that there's no you know it, nothing has happened overnight it took a lot of a lot of sweat sweat blood blood sweat and tears <laughs> to get to this point so uh, in that sense, you know, just keep pushing, keep d doing the best of our abilities. Um, so, I mean, that's, it's like you have that motivation, you have that desire, you have that some sort of instinctual need to create again, uh, uh, as all human beings have had since, you know, birth of consciousness, just keep going at it, you know, bam, like, let's get it going. Let's keep it going. I think one of the, the best things that, uh, um, that we as, as artists can do is uh and this is my own personal feelings but is to to extend that that hand to 
younger generations and i think i touched on it during the podcast but uh working with with youth um you know kids that are 10 13 17 years old they they soak so much up like a sponge and i don't know if we really realize that i don't even know if parents really realize that but man like they are there to like they they need us really like what's the old saying it takes a takes a village you know <laughs> so but uh for myself uh personally and as well as a good friend of mine Dwayne Manuel and and a lot of other great great artists and people who've worked with kids in other communities but speci- specifically our community in Salt River again Salt River having a lot of unfortunate issues to deal with on their own there's a lot of young uh young people that are that are sort of just wandering and they need that direction they need that influence they need that 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 uh that that push to find that that sense of uh uh empowerment you know yeah. and i think with the arts it's like man i know that in the last summer to myself and duane we've really made it a point and i know it's something that i've been wanting to do and and much props and congratulations to my brother duane Manuel because he's now the full-time art teacher in salt river at the high school uh, but before that, it's like we both were on the similar page. Like, man, let's let's keep these young cats going. Let's let's you know get them off the path of self destruction and at least try and give them some sort of uh, hope for the future, man. And I think it's very important beyond just us and and what we're doing. It's that's a worldwide thing. It's like, man, we need to inspire those younger generations and find that bridge for the gap. You know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's something that. Uh... That I recognize that there, um, you know, particularly in indigenous communities in the United mm-hmm. States, there's, we're the heroes, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's very few heroes that, that uh, yeah. young Native kids can look up to. Yeah, know, yeah. That are Native, you know? Right. I mean, it's all pop culture and, you know. Yeah. Uh, iPods and I don't know, yeah. or iPhones and yeah, yeah, exactly. YouTube, and, and uh, fault, you know, fictional characters, whatever. Exactly, your film film celebrity like characters. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like not even the human who plays the role. Uh, it's like yeah. I like Batman, you know. Which yeah, I like Batman. I love Batman too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's awesome. I, yeah. I like what you guys are doing out there too. I follow you. On, I've been following. Uh, Dwayne quite a bit because yeah alumni you know? yeah oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah a good cat, what up Dwayne <laughs> yeah what's happening Dwayne we love you here yeah yeah so awesome. cool man yeah that's that's it on my end I think just and again thank you guys so much for having me and uh, oh thank you and yeah much love <laughs> <laughs> definitely right on all right keep going forward cool. thank you thank you what mother's son does in jail hangs on her wall as proof that beauty is possible even in the most wretched and this is a much different idea than the fancier notion that art is a scam and a ripoff. But you could never explain to someone who uses God's gift to enslave that you have used God's gift to be free. To be free. I'll be the land of the matter that made. I manage my days a vertical stage, earning a minimum wage. Always leaves me feeling crazy. So I'll go home, burn some sage, up on my book and turn a page to an empty sheet. And with one of the beats that I create, engaged in a rhythm and spit the ways that I've been living. Cause every day that I've been given is just a way for making lyrics. My observation help me spot the spirit in human beings. And wondering how many times they're recovering from their clipped wings. The spirit of the eagle definitely has a different means. And what resides upon the side of the coin that lifestyle believes cannot be 
Exchange into broken dollar change. I plan to rearrange the new strange ways. We're getting drained, but it's not the fault of money. It's a fault in how we're using it. It's not a what we buy, it's why we choose our self abusiveness. I definitely cannot lie and say that I don't also do it. Cause chronic and alcohol, I know I wet my whistle to it. But I never felt I blew it. I keep influence with my music and the newest generation will generate fake and arts truest form. And concentrate through the dust storm to make your bus more lyrics that I trust that it get your hearts warm. To concentrate through the rainstorm to make sure that it's gonna get your hearts warm. To concentrate through the brainstorm to make sure that it's gonna get your hearts, get your hearts, get your hearts. Cause these are the landmine frescoes Pictures that I painted with my words of all the stones Every verse written scripture is a section of the picture Every beat is a piece of the canvas A piece of the canvas Cause these are the landmine frescoes Pictures that I painted with my words of all the stones Every verse written scripture is a section of the picture Every beat is a piece of the canvas A piece of When I was canvas. young my aunt's drumming Pounding all night and through the morning Started late afternoon and I was watching the smoke forming Up in the atmosphere then the thought had just appeared The blessing of town with that smoke before Who's like me who's cracking beers Hoping that danger we would steer clear about the way But I know it's just more than that way She still does it till this day They play songs and sing up in her native tongue The autumn language and they start just as the gorge begun Shaking up in the rhythm like hi-hats over the kicks Giving a vision hoping that wisdom's gonna help them go and fix So what went wrong and it hit me like a power drum Sounds all about how a song can build you up or break you down So I aim to uplift and start falling to the mind Like stars from the sky a million at the same time Showers the soul filling my holy Leadership of guys, positive benefits for the negative demise. Like a dream catcher, I bet you I get you in my twine. Filtering out the negativities that help you find serenity up in your subconsciousness, divine to snap back into reality with a spiritual ladder to climb. Cause these are the landmine frescoes, pictures that I painted with my words of older stones. Every verse written scripture is a section of the picture. Every beat is a piece of the canvas, a piece of the canvas. Cause these are the landmine frescoes, pictures that I painted with my words of older stones. Every verse written scripture is a section of the picture. Every beat is a piece of the canvas, a piece of the canvas. Cause these are the landmine frescoes, pictures that I painted with my words of older stones. Every verse written scripture is a section of the picture. Every beat is a piece of the canvas. A piece of the camera. On the Athamoyas, meaning desert people's water vessel. Thirsty minds are joyous when they're quenching with the rhymes and that's so come to bless you with the voyage. Hope you girls and boys keep your poise. Cause you live in a world that's got some chaotic noise. Who can avoid an eye swell? I spit the style well over the metronome that cures a fever like cowbell. I shall proceed with my verbal creed. Going to be underground, but rising up as a herbal seed. True indeed, flipping the verbals out so fluently. Wisdom is not you and me. We spit with no ambiguity. Straight to the point, cause being blind is never new to me into when burners on the joint means that the truancy you should heed definitely quick with the agility you're feeling me your mind ability my don't facilities always equipped flows like an unsinkable ship and i grab the mic with a nice grip nice grip nice grip nice grip